Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. Oh my gosh, I am really looking forward to today's podcast chat, as I always am. I had the good fortune of sitting next to today's guest at a networking dinner recently, and we just had such a beautiful conversation. I wanted to continue it here. Olivia is a young woman embarking on an exciting journey of self-discovery and working out what's next in her life. And that is just a topic that I am, you know, a topic at my heart. And I'm so really excited to chat with Olivia and to see where she's at in the process and what she's going through, because it reminds me of, you know, when I was a similar age and on a similar journey, and I'm really looking forward to today's chat to like compare notes, but to look at it through refreshed eyes of somebody who's embarking on their journey. So Olivia, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. It's such an honour and I feel so excited and just pinching myself because as you know, once we met at that networking event, I have absolutely loved your podcast. I've really loved listening to other women and I really aspire to, I guess, get that level of insight and self-discovery. And so it was a bit of a pinch me moment when you asked me to come on. So I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I love that. And it was just that the podcast is about women at all stages of life sharing their journey. And I thought Mm. it was super exciting because it is a self-discovery. It is. And that's not to say that we only do that when we're young, but it's embarking on something that is, you know, what do you want your life to be like? And I Mm. just... Love that so much. And you're a similar age to my daughter who's going through a similar journey as well. So that's super cool to to be able to compare notes there. Yeah. So, Olivia, we, we both live in Canberra at the mm-hmm. moment. We met in Canberra. And for those, our international listeners, that's the capital of Australia. But you haven't always lived here, have you? you- no, I've been here since uh, July 2020. So, Right Only in COVID. the last couple yes. of years, yeah, yeah, yes. right, right, yeah, right in the middle of COVID. So tell me, where did you grow up? I'm from a small country town in Queensland called Texas, and everyone gets really disappointed it's not America when I say that. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time there, but I predominantly grew up in Brisbane. Texas is just a really small town, and my mum was a single mum, so she didn't want me to have to go off to boarding school. So we moved to Brisbane when I was quite young. But I did spend quite a bit of time in Texas because my grandparents are there and I'd spend my holidays out there. And yeah. What's the population just for our, uh, probably our Australian listeners and also international? Where is Texas in Australia? 
it's on the Queensland New South Wales border. So it's out west. It's quite remote. There's I, I would say roughly a thousand people. So it's it's really quite wow. small. Wow. Yeah. And that would have been a big step for your mum too, being a single mum and then mm-hmm. up her life to help support you. How beautiful is that? Yeah. Lovely. My mum has always been a nomad. She has, she? has traveled. Well, she's moved quite a bit. She had lived in Brisbane. She'd lived in other country towns. Yeah, for her, she just knew that that wasn't the life that she wanted for me. Well, for us, really, like she didn't want to be separated from me. I think you could go to grade 10. But really, I think most kids were leaving for, you know, grade eight. And it was a big decision, isn't it? That's a big decision about, you know, if you think about now that you're embarking on your journey of what's next in life, she probably was doing something very similar, you know, bringing up a, you know, a baby. Do you have brothers and sisters? Do you have siblings? I have half siblings, but I didn't grow up with any siblings. So I grew up as an only child, my mum's only child, but I was really lucky. My mum had a couple of brothers. So I have, you know, quite a few cousins and I've got, you know, my mum's family are amazing. So I definitely didn't miss out family-wise. I have the best family. Yeah, I do have some siblings from my dad's side. Okay, yeah. So that would have been, you know, that would have been, you know, big decisions for your mum to make Mm. and for you and thinking about what is going to be good for you both moving forward. Absolutely, moving away from her sort of network, you know, in the country to... Yes. Wow, that's a strong woman to be able to do that. Absolutely. Um, So you, you grew up in Brisbane predominantly, mm-hmm. went to school in Brisbane. Yeah. So that's in Queensland for mm-hmm. those um, that are not familiar with Australia. And then what happened after school? What did you do after school? I wasn't that sure on what I wanted to do. I sort of thought maybe psychology, maybe arts. Um, my mum was really pushing me to do something creative because yeah. she knew that was my yeah. strong suit. But I don't know, there was something that was really holding me back from embracing the arts. Interesting. It definitely wasn't family pressure my mum was really like you're so creative you should do something in that area but there was something in me that was like no it's not a real job I have to go get a oh really interesting business oh my gosh that's interesting isn't it Mm, yeah it's been interesting because now I'm a photographer yes (laughs) you you land on your feet eventually but um I did actually go and study creative industries which is a really wishy-washy degree and I wasn't enjoying it so then about six months into my studies I looked into applying to join the army (laughs) well creative (laughs) army yes yeah yeah it fits right (laughs) and that was a struggle within itself but I eventually got in I was accepted so the following year so I was studying in 2013 in 2014 I enlisted and I was I was taking, like, this is just a bit of an adventure. I've only got to be here for a year. That was my contract. Yeah. You know, it'll be completely different to anything I've done. I'll meet some amazing friends, and then I'll come back and study. It was almost like my version of a gap year. A lucky gap year in the yeah. in the armed forces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, just like travelling the world, except, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I loved training. Training was really – it was awful, and it was amazing. There, there It was just – things that I'd never done, things that I would never experience unless I joined the armed forces. And you're doing it with 60 other people. So you you get these really close connections and it's, yeah, I think for me it was really worthwhile. 
the training aspect of it. And then I got posted down to Adelaide. Yeah. And that was amazing. That's my favourite city in Australia. How old were you when this was happening? How old were you? I was 19. You were young. Yeah. Yeah. 19. So you went to uni, did Mm -hmm. a year of uni or Mm -hmm. roughly then enlisted in the in the army yeah training and then got posted to a city away from where did you do your training was that in it's Kapuka it's in Wagga Wagga yeah 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 that's my neck of the woods I grew up young so that's uh, yeah that's my local yeah yeah and I think when you're training you're there's so many people everyone's in the same boat that you almost don't even think about your life before you're so you're so focused on what you're doing and getting through the week it was only when I finished my training and I got posted to Adelaide that it sort of clicked that I've left home I've I've moved out like it was actually quite a shock to be like oh I'm not living in Brisbane with my mum anymore yeah it's interesting yeah I got really lonely (laughs) oh So. so when you went to Adelaide yeah, I think I just wasn't prepared for, you know, you go through school, every experience I had had, you're surrounded by so many people doing similar things. And moving to Adelaide was a shock. I was posted to a really small unit. Yeah. There weren't that many people there. And to be fair, I made some amazing friends, but it was just such a different experience from what I'd had, you know. That's interesting, in isn't it? Because I, and I've got a lot of friends that have, uh, that are in the armed forces and I've kind of heard different stories of training and the, the like, but it's interesting that you do all of this very intense training. Mm-hmm. Then you go to your placement, like your first placement. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, Oh my gosh, my world is different here. So did that take a bit of adjusting too? It does. And the training is so intense and you're you're not making any decisions you know you're asking other adults if you can go to the bathroom like that's the the sort of level of wow. you're not making any any wow. decisions to then be sort of thrown back out into the world and it's quite jarring to be like oh actually I have to take over my life again interesting um, yeah yeah so I mean and they do it for a reason you obviously have to be able to follow orders yeah. But it is, you know, those first couple of months after training is quite jarring to be like, all right, yeah, no, I have control over my life again, kind of. Yeah. So what were you doing in Adelaide? What was your job there in the I was a clerk, so admin. Yeah. Yeah. And it it definitely wasn't the job for me, you know, but I never planned to stay. I sort of thought this will be a year of, you know, doing something completely different and then I'll go back. But the thing you don't realise is once you start getting paid, it's actually really hard to walk away from money. Oh my gosh, you know what? I I get that. I do a lot of work with people and I call it the golden handcuffs Mm -hmm. that they're kind of handcuffed to something that's paying them well. Often it's about superannuation. I can't leave this job because my superannuation or my money or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they hate what they're doing. And I'm not saying that you hated what you were doing, but a lot of people I work with are in they're staying in their jobs for the financial security. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and how old would you have been then? You would have been 20. You would have been 20. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And getting paid quite well. And I was, you know, talking to my friends who had gone to high school with who were studying and they were in a in very different financial situation. Yes. And you sort of just appreciate, Oh, this is actually not bad. I don't. Not bad. Yeah. Mm. So how long did you stay doing that for? 
I did that for three years. And then it just got to the point that I really wasn't enjoying. I wasn't enjoying, enjoying being in Adelaide because I hadn't put in the effort to make a yeah. solid group of friends. Mm-hmm. I wasn't enjoying the work. I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I wasn't seeing anyone, you know, in this career who I really wanted to be. I didn't look around and go, oh, I want to be. Yeah. And that was really tough because I didn't want to go back to the degree I had been studying. I didn't want to be doing what I was doing. And I was I was feeling really lost. And I also didn't want to let down my family by leaving this great job. (laughs) And yeah, yeah. So it just came down to I went home and I was spending some time with my mum and she saw how she could see. Yeah, she could see. And she was really encouraging me to explore other options, look at other degrees and. I found a degree of landscape architecture and it was an area that I had never, I'd never known about. And it really intrigued me. As soon as I started reading about it, I felt really passionate. And yeah, I, I left defense. Well, I left full time. I became a reservist. I moved back to Brisbane. I moved back in with my mom and I started studying again. Wow. I'm just going to, before we unpack all of that, there's a couple of things there that stand out for me is that you trusted your gut that, you know, things just weren't really pushing your buttons for you. You could Mm. sort of, you know, even though you were earning great money, the job itself wasn't really fulfilling you. And then getting insight, you know, talking to your mum, mums are always great at, you know, (laughs) sometimes we overstep our mark, but try not to, but it's about getting a different perspective from somebody that knows you and trusts you and they could see, you know, your mum could see that you weren't as happy as Mm. um, things. So wanting the best for you and then offering, you know, helping you to look at some alternatives, which is great. And then when you said the landscape architecture just intrigued you, Mm. for me, they're little clues as well about, you know, oh, this is interesting. It might not be. And I want to come back and find out whether you did end up being a landscape architect but it might not be the thing you do, but it's giving you some clues as to what the next steps might be. Yeah. What did you do? What did you do? Did you study? So I did, I studied for three years and I ended up working, I think partway through my first year, I was really lucky. I had been working as a reserve in the army and then I looked for a a job, sorry, in landscape architecture and I secured an admin job that also had graphic design and then through the next couple of years studying they were getting me out onto site and they were sort of really preparing me to be part of the company fully and it was an amazing company I was really lucky to work there I made some great friends and I had a really good experience but but I'm waiting for the but yeah (laughs) but again I was just feeling like I really enjoyed the first couple of years studying and I felt it was really creative and really collaborative. And then working in the space, the reality of legislation and red tape and, you know, all the other sort of industries working together, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And that that was scary again because I was like, well, I've done this other thing and now I'm not loving it again. And my mum was sort of saying at this point, you know, you you kind of need to stick to a career and you're not going to love everything about a job, which I think is very sensible. But another opportunity arose to become a photographer in the military. Wow. Okay. Yep. 
I just jumped. <laughs> so it's almost combining, isn't it? How I, I, I'm just a strong believer that we're here on this in this lifetime, and the universe presents us what we need. Mm-hmm. And it was also for you to get back into the military is kind of where you had spent some time, so you knew the environment but it combines yeah. your creative elements as well. So photography within military. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And it was a real, it's a really selective core to get into. There's only about 15 to 20 members who are actually photographers in the army. So I just, I couldn't believe this opportunity was coming my way. And, you know, when I was telling friends and family that I was considering doing this, they were sort of, you know, quite taken back because they knew that I hadn't enjoyed it previously and for me I was approaching it well maybe it's the the amount of creativity I want with the security of defense so I was like I somehow convinced them I could do the job (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was one of two female photographers so I mean defense is obviously very male dominated but even that that trade was incredibly male dominated. And yeah, I ended up ducking my course. I got posted to Canberra and that's how I, I got here. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah. before I talk about where, what you're doing now, one other little thing that popped out there for me, Olivia, is often our friends are very well meaning. And mm. when we share things with them, they give us advice based on their view of the world and often sometimes it's great advice sometimes it's a little bit misdirected because they're not really sure about who we are and what we want so mm-hmm. I'm very selective about who I share stuff with and what what advice or what I, I'm absolutely about running things by people but not everybody because I know there are some people in my world that you know they might tell me what I want to hear or they might just go, yeah, yeah, that'll never work because, and it's like, how do you bloody know? <laughs> so I'm, I, I think that's interesting that, you know, our friends are well-meaning and, and sometimes they can see stuff. Sometimes they can be great because they can see stuff that, you know, we have blinkers on and they mm. see things from a different perspective. So I'm quite discerning about who, who are my go-to people for different things. I don't know mm. if you relate to that at all. Well, it was really interesting because when I was making this decision, there were almost two camps. My friends who were my age, they were the ones who were telling me, no, no, you've got to stay. You've got to, you know, continue doing what you're doing. And I almost feel in reflection, we were all feeling that pressure to settle down and find a thing that, you know, we're good at. And my mum's friends, you know, people who weren't as emotionally connected to me, they were just thinking about it from their their perspective and they were saying, jump, do it. You know, you'll, you won't regret it. You can always come back to this if that's what you want. And it was really interesting that the older generation were telling me to go and, you know, do something completely new, take a risk. Yeah. And my friends were sort of saying, oh, are you sure you want to start up something new once again? So I wonder, and I wonder... If that comes from, and it's probably not always the way, but lived experience mm. about maybe some the older people in your life, maybe they have learnt some lessons and they're giving you some advice from their view yeah. of the world. Maybe maybe they're giving advice from some of their regrets as well. 
Yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm just playing out some scenarios in my life of where that's happened to me and where I've maybe done that for other people as well. Mm-hmm. I think mine comes from almost lessons learned and wanting others to, you know, maybe benefit. But everybody's got their own lesson they, lessons that they need to experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I'm so grateful that I decided to yeah. take that path and yes. get me to where I am. So what are you doing now? Are you still – I know you're a photographer. Yeah. Are you still a photographer in the military? Uh, at the start of last year, I did transition from full-time to reserve. It was really busy to be full-time. I was away quite a lot, and I just realised that I wasn't – in Canberra enough I wasn't establishing the sort of connections that I wanted going forward with yeah, my life yeah and I decided to transition out to become a reserve and then I started my own business so now I run my own business in Canberra and I work as a reservist for the military so I've got a, a bit of, got the best of best of both worlds that's right kind of. yeah yeah do you know what's interesting where you're saying that too is that you realize that you weren't making the connections here in Canberra mm. And that seems to have been a bit of a pattern when you were in Adelaide, you know, Mm. not making the connections there had an impact on your life experience. Mm. So can you, was that something directly you thought about or? It it really was. I was very intentional coming back in because I knew how, how it affected my mental health in Adelaide. And it was a major reason why I left defence. Yes. And then coming back in, it was something that I knew I needed to focus on because otherwise I'd end up back in the exact same position. Love it. Love that. Yeah. About the lessons, you know, what are the patterns, what are the lessons and being, I really love how you say about being intentional Mm. as to what you want this experience to be like here because, you know, repeating the patterns, repeating some patterns are great, Mm. but repeating patterns that were things that we don't want in life, that's not so great. That's not so great. Yeah, and I had made some really good friends when I first moved to Canberra, and all credit to them. I've travelled so much within Defence, and they have always been here when I've come back. But yeah. it was it was just that I really wanted to establish strong connections and focus on creating a life. And I had met my partner at the time, and then gone away for four months. And it was just realizing that the things that I want for my life were going to be really hard to achieve if I was always going away without it wasn't my decision to go, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're doing it for the job. Exactly. It's not that you're doing it with, you know, friends to go on a holiday and things that, yes, I absolutely get that. And what I'm hearing is that you've, you know, really, you know, starting to become really clear about things that are important to you in life and Mm. living your life in alignment with those and yeah. forging that that path forward with your own business. Mm. And, you know, you've got your creativity, you've got your photography business. What else? So so what are you thinking about? Because when we started this podcast, it was around, you know, your journey of self-discovery. Mm. We've talked about some of the elements of that. What's that journey kind of looking like for you from where you're at right now? And I know that that's a very big and broad <laughs> yeah. question. But just throw something at me with at me and we'll follow that up. I think and listening to your podcast has actually been a really big help, but I think I'm just realizing I know nothing. I I don't I don't know myself. I don't really know what makes me happy. 
I don't know the direction I want to take. I feel almost like a baby that's starting to realise all these skills that I want to be able to do, yeah. but I have to find a way to to do them. I'm, you know, I sort of, there are aspects of myself, of my emotions, I'm a really emotional person, that I want to sort of work on going forward that I have been working on in the last couple of years. But I suppose it's, I'm I'm only just starting to realise I know nothing and I want to know myself more. Yeah. You know, I want to work on that. Hey, gorgeous Happiness Hype listeners. Just a quick little interruption to this awesome podcast. Do you want more from life? Are you looking for inspiration and motivation to take yourself and your life to the next level? Do you want to shift your current energy and attitude towards life and create a positive mindset that is aligned with building and living the life of your dreams? Come and join us in the Happiness Lounge. This is my premier membership club and it's your one-stop shop and central hub for everything you'll need to catapult you into a life beyond your wildest dreams. It's a unique and powerful platform where you not only get to focus on your own personal growth and transformation, but you also get to be part of a community of high vibe and inspirational women from all around the world who are working towards the same goal of creating a life filled with joy, success and unlimited abundance. I've personally created a whole range of resources to fast track your results to becoming fabulous in everything you do. If this sounds like something that you want to be part of, come and join us in the Happiness Lounge. Hit the link in the show notes and let the fun begin. Okay, now back to the podcast. Do you know what, that what you've said there? I, I would challenge the fact I think you do know probably more than you think you do at this stage yeah. about yourself, but it's about, you know, getting the clarity around, you know, who is Olivia and how do you want to show up and what are the, mm. the elements of moving forward? And that's I find that really, really common with a lot of women not mm. at, you know, at all stages of life because life changes for mm. us. And sometimes, you know, when you talked about that you you studied then you entered the military and then you got this inkling about actually that's not really what I want to do. For me, that's really common for a lot of people that they go through things and then go, oh, actually this hasn't turned out the way I wanted it to. Or even when you were talking about the landscape architecture, that it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, actually that's not really what I thought it was going to, to be. So what's next? And sometimes Mm. that what's next is that almost like that cavern of, you know, that void of the feeling of not knowing. And it's, I I refer to that, uh, you know, we go through these different learning and growth stages. And one of them is this unconscious incompetence. And Mm. it's like, we don't even know what we don't know. And it's that blissful ignorance that we kind of just go along with life. And sometimes that can be really great and beautiful. And sometimes we just don't even know what opportunities are there. Mm. We don't really know ourselves or we haven't, we, we, we maybe have lost sight of ourselves. We've lost connection with who we are or we haven't quite made that connection. Mm-hmm. And it's probably where you're hovering around at the moment, kind of going, you know, I know there are some things that, that I want in life that are important to me. But it's putting the pieces of the puzzle together is yeah. how I see it. I, I see sort of those pieces of the puzzle. So what are some of the things that you do to get to know? What, what are you doing to sort of explore who you are a little bit more? 
I think slowing down and just being really intentional and thinking, thinking about decisions before I make them, really trying to have a bit of self-talk in a talk instead of listening to music all the time, you know, when I go for a walk, just going for a walk and putting different ideas, you know, in front of myself and But what do I gravitate towards? What do I really want? Asking myself hard questions because I think it's easy to just go through life and focus on what's happening right now and the next sort of step that I need to take career-wise or relationship-wise, but actually becoming a bit more intentional and trying to curate it a bit more with, well, what do I want? Is, Is the path that I'm on the path that I want to be on? And as, you know, as we've spoken about, I've jumped ship so many times and that's been really fun. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, is, is the path that I'm on now where I want my future to go? And, you know, as I said, I'm just at the beginning of that journey. There are so many unknown questions. I definitely need to start journaling because (laughs) that would be really helpful. Actually, we talked about Liv and I caught up for a a coffee and we were talking about journaling. Like I love people who listen to the podcast. I'm sure they know that I love journaling and I do Mm -hmm. different types of journaling. And sometimes just even, you know, when you're working out what you want in life is just to ask that question, what would I like Mm -hmm. in life? What would I like my life to be like? And for some people, it's like, well, I want to be a photographer. I want to be a landscape designer I want to work in the military they for some people they're very specific about the Mm. you know the thing that they want to do I think that's great where I come from is because I've never been specific about the thing I wanted to do it's more about how what what experiences do I want in life what's Mm -hmm. important to me to to have in my life Mm -hmm. and that gets down to my values and one of the biggest things that I do is how do I want to feel Mm-hmm. How do I want to feel in the different areas of my life? You know, how do I want to feel in relation to myself? How do I want to feel in relation to my family and my husband? How do I want to feel at work? How do I want to feel in relation to my finances and the things that I have in life? And when I think about how do I want to feel, Sometimes life presents those things in a way that I haven't even, if I say I want to feel that way because I want to be X, mm-hmm. and if I attach to that outcome of being X, sometimes that's not what life has planned. And then I get, you know, people tend to get disappointed if they really attach to an outcome. But when we attach to how we want to feel, the outcome is kind of just a byproduct of that. I don't know if that makes sense to you. I resonate with that so much, Catherine, because I've never, I think that's the thing that's been missing. I've never said I want to be a photographer, landscape architect. I've never had that thing to go, okay, I can work towards that. And I think, you know, up until this point, I've really been searching for that thing that's going to make me happy. Well, I'll become a photographer yeah. And then, yeah, life's going to be on track. I'll be happy and, you know, I can mm. focus on mm. all these other things. Mm. But instead, I'm starting to come to the conclusion that maybe I need to focus a little more on how I feel and, yeah. you know, what I want emotionally yeah. rather than one career path or 
you know, one city being the thing that, you know, you that. clicks. Yeah. 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 And so it's just a whole change in perspective and my thinking and realizing that is so exciting because it's like, oh, it's almost like a weight off my shoulders. Like, okay, I know that there's not a career that I've been dying to to do that I think will fulfill Mm. me. It's more experiences. And, you know, I was saying to you the other day when we caught up, I wanted to travel ever since high school. I wanted to travel and I've done a little bit, but that is something that I've wanted to do so much, but I've put it to the side because I've had to focus on the career and doing these things. And now I'm starting to think maybe I should focus on the thing that I know I've wanted to do and maybe everything else will sort of fall into alignment. Oh my gosh. I, 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 and I, I, I agree with that. And you still need to kind of, it's not, I'm not a person that says, Oh, if you just think it, it will happen. Mm-hmm. It's about think it, feel it and do some stuff to help, you mm-hmm. know, bring those things into your life. So I'm absolutely about, you know, planning and goal setting, but the emphasis isn't on the outcome. It's mm-hmm. on how I want to feel and the things that I want to bring into my life and the outcome mm-hmm. kind of, happens as a byproduct, if yeah. that makes sense. So I'm shifting my focus from doing mm-hmm. to kind of being, and then the doing sort of happens from that, from that. Yeah. So, so it is a, it's a subtle shift, but it's a really powerful shift. And what I've learned over the years is to let go of the, you know, the, the attachment to the outcome. Mm-hmm. Because if things don't turn out who I, how I specifically planned and, you know, had the nth degree of detail, that's where my disappointment comes from. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to let go of that. I still work towards goals, but without as much of a stranglehold on them. Yeah. 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 And I think for me, you know, I'm, I'm a planner. I love organizing. So yeah. I think I really have been trying so hard to find something that will give me it all yeah. and having listened to your podcast I know that's that's just not possible there's not going to be one thing no. that fulfills my every you know need and desire it is about really focusing on a bit more about me what makes me happy and asking these questions and I'm almost embarrassed to say that I don't know yeah. you know it's I, I don't know what makes me happy outside of little day-to-day things like spending time with my partner or my cat or, yeah. you know, doing a trip. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you know what? Don't, don't be embarrassed by that at all. I think that's a really common thing. I think that's mm-hmm. actually probably more common than you think. People get so caught up in the busyness of life that they, that mm-hmm. they you know, feel good about life. But when I ask the question, what makes, you know, what, you know, what things make you happy, Sometimes that can be really hard for people to articulate mm-hmm. and that could be a really good thing to even just in your journal when you get mm-hmm. your, your your journal is just what things make me happy and just sit with it mm-hmm. and where do I feel joy? Where mm-hmm. where do I feel, you know, that, that positive feeling? Where are the feelings of, oh, I could sit and do this, you know, you get lost in, mm-hmm. in doing you know, who are the people that I feel good being around? And, you know, I don't think it's about sit down and come up with the answer mm-hmm. in one sitting. I think it's an evolution. 
yeah. especially when we're talking live about being at the beginning of the you know journey of that self-exploration it's a lifelong journey I'd mm. say that you've probably not right at the beginning but you're probably at a fairly significant point around well where am I now and where would mm. I like to be mm. and just even when you sit with that question where am I now and where would I like to be trust those feelings that come up for you and then you'll start to get little inklings mm-hmm. and then you'll start to go oh actually I feel really happy when I'm around other people that I connect with and I have you know similar values and interests too that mm-hmm. makes me happy people make yep. me happy you know so it's not a I don't think it's a definitive list list and I think mm-hmm. my list you know, there are some core things there, but there's other stuff that, you know, comes and goes off mm-hmm. that list as well. But I, I think that would be a very cool thing to just even sit with. And when I say about journaling, like I, for me, when I write in a journal, that's a connection between me and my higher, you know, self spirit mm-hmm. guide. You know, I can do it without journaling, but it's really powerful when I journal. A lot mm. of other people can still ask those questions and not write it down, and it can be as equally powerful. Yeah. I, I remember when I was like leaving, deciding to leave a really great job and starting my business, I had this inkling that, you know, I wanted to have my own business. And I just asked the question, you know, what, what could that be? Mm-hmm. What, what will it be? But what could it be? So every morning when I went on my my walk, I just asked that same question. What could it be if I was to start my own business? Mm -hmm. And I would just take notice of little feelings that I would get. And, you know, I love clothes. I love style. I love helping people to feel good. So one of the options was to be a stylist. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if I was a stylist, what could that look like? And then there'd be other feelings coming up. Oh, yeah, but I really love coaching and training and the consultancy mm-hmm. oh, okay if I was to do that what could that look like and I just mm-hmm. asked that question what could it look like what could it look like and every morning I would get you know often the same answer the next day I'd get something different mm-hmm. but over, I reckon that was probably a 12-month period where I mm-hmm. sat with just what could that look like and then it was just the same thoughts started coming up and coming up and coming up it's like okay so this is this is where I'm in my yeah. gut that was feeling um, and I mm. would journal about that I would ask the questions about that and it was just about tapping into insights and, mm. and and following them some of them you know I look back on and going oh my god what was I even thinking but they're just little detours that mm-hmm. life gives you to to check whether you're really serious about what you want or absolutely and I just know you know over the last year running my own business it might not be the perfect fit, but gosh, I feel so empowered and I yeah. feel like yeah. I'm taking charge. I'm yeah. starting to really be intentional with the direction I set and with the things that I do and the jobs that I take on yeah. for my business. And it, just that shift going from defense where they're giving you jobs, you're doing, you know, a few different things a week. You don't really get a um, say in the matter. It's just yeah. whoever's available to now. Well, it's my business. This is, this is the way I want to present myself. These are the sort of jobs I want to take on. These are the sort of clients I want to work with. And being able to think about that and really go, who, 
who do I want to be in this business? Who do I want to work with? And asking those questions has been so empowering for me. And I think it has sparked asking myself deeper questions about who I am and what I want from life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. And I think the element of being intentional is who do I want to work with? How do I want to show up? And I would say one of the things that's um, really important for you, one of your values mm. is about being in control of your, and it's not about yeah. being in control, you know, to this stranglehold, mm. but being in control of your destiny and not Absolutely. having your destiny dictated to you. Mm. So very, very similar. Oh my, I, I can see so many similarities from, you know, my journey when I was exploring the same sort of thing. Mm. And when I, I left, when I was talking before about starting my own business, I left a, an incredible job. It was with mm. a team of like an organization. It was almost like the ideal job, but there was one element missing. I was never going to be the ultimate decision maker there. Mm-hmm. I was never, ever going to be the boss of that business. Yeah. And that was the thing I needed. I needed to be the ultimate decision maker for my business and my work. And it's kind of like, oh, if I'm going to be the ultimate decision maker, where do I get to be the ultimate decision maker? You know, there are some jobs, but, you know, maybe your own business. Oh, okay. I agree with that so much. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing. It's not about being a chokehold control, but it's just that, like, for me, I think it was the quiet confidence in knowing that I was capable and I, because I had done quite a few jobs previously, I was in that really junior role. I was so eager to just take, you know, to have a bit more responsibility. And it was actually in defense. I went to Vanuatu for four months and it was during COVID. And so the numbers were really limited of how many people could go. And so I went over there as the reporter, as the videographer as the photographer and I I did all these things as such a junior photographer yes. and without that other person there to go oh is this okay should I be doing it like this how would you do it you just learn to rely on yourself figure things out and come up with solutions in the moment where as previously I might have you know panicked and asked someone else and that self-reliance I came back to Australia and I was like I'm so ready to be to be doing this for myself and it's the best move I could have made. I have so much more confidence having yeah. run my own business and yeah. Actually that's that's uh beautiful to hear that, you know, is it a sink or swim situation? Maybe it's about coming up with your own decisions, mm. but how empowering that is to know that you can do it mm. and then knowing that you can bring that forward into whatever you're gonna do next. Yeah. And I would encourage you, whatever you're going to do next, know that, that you've got that confidence, that belief that, you know, mm. those days when you, uh, I, I experience them, those days when I just go, Oh man, what am I even doing here? <laughs> like I've just got no idea. Yeah. It's about coming back to that anchor point and going, actually, I got this. I might not yeah. know the exact answer now, but I know how I can actually work through it. Oh my gosh, that's so good. So what do you think is next for you, Liv? I know we're sort of talking about, you know, not being sure. What are are the next steps in your journey, do you think? I think getting really clear on 
what I want and I know I really want to travel that's something that I've wanted to do since I was in high school and I think it's I think it's the time to start prioritizing those deep desires in me if it's if I felt like this you know for 10 plus years it's probably time to start acting on that so I think I really want to travel um I'd love to live overseas so Mm -hmm. that's a possibility even just getting more clear on what I want the direction my business to take you know when I started it was quite a wide oh I'll, I'll do anything yeah and the the longer it's gone on I've really like narrowed it down to actually being a bit more deliberate these are the yeah. clients I want to work with yeah. and there's still so much progress to go there so I don't know <laughs> but the thing I, is, think I'm just I think you I so... think you I think you've just outlined just more more, more clarity around you know, what, what you're wanting life to, to be like. I think you've also said about that travel and that living mm. overseas. And I, I think I shared this with you, but the, um, my rocking chair test when I'm, mm-hmm. you know, in the latter stages of my life and sitting in my, my rocking chair on the front veranda of my house, thinking back on life, I, I don't want there to be regrets when I'm thinking about life. And mm. that's the regrets of, you know, not having done something, mm-hmm. maybe doing something that's a bit dumbass, but but I don't want there to be regrets in life. So I I often think about what would I be thinking in my rocking chair mm-hmm. if I was to to do this or not to do this? Is it mm-hmm. something I'm going to regret? I mean, I I don't want. I mean, I I do have regrets at some you know, <laughs> some things. So it's just like oh bloody hell, what was I thinking? But and that being. Just following your passions mm-hmm. and following your passions. And it sounds like travel is definitely one for you. Yeah. I'm just so excited because I know that I've had so many opportunities already in life and I'm so young. Yeah. I'm excited to be making those really intentional yeah. decisions yeah. going forward. Yes. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Liv, where can our listeners find you? We've got the, we've got the details in the show notes, but yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Instagram is Olive Maeve. Yeah. You can go to my website. Olivemave.com. Yeah, I'd love to. And we'll put the details. We've absolutely got those in the show notes. So if people want to follow you, find out more about your journey, maybe keep in touch with you to, to see where you're at with your, um, you know, your, your journey and where you're maybe traveling to. Um, Olive, that was beautiful. I absolutely loved talking with you today. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure to be on and start to work through things with you. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. Hugs and happiness, gorgeous. I will see you about. Bye. See you, Catherine. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.